IMC Worldwide International Development Podcast. My name is Ben Walker. Now today we're going to be talking about non-revenue water. This has become a big topic of conversation in WASH circles recently with the recent International Water Association Water Loss Specialist Group Conference in Bangalore giving it special mention. Now, non-revenue water generally refers to water that's been produced, entering a system, and is lost before it reaches the customer. Losses can be through what are called real losses, such as leaks, or apparent losses, such as theft or metering inaccuracies. Today, I'll be talking to Malcolm Farley, a chartered engineer who has more than 45 years of experience specializing in water loss management and leased control. He's the co-author of the IWA book, Losses in Water Distribution Networks, A Practitioner's Guide to Assessment, Monitoring, and Control. Welcome to the program, Malcolm. Thank you, Ben. It's good to be here. So could you explain briefly what is considered non-revenue water? And additionally, how can we quantify it? Okay, well, all of, all water companies produce water. That's their, that's their role in life. Um, they, they produce water to sell to customers. So it's, it, that's, that's their income or their revenue stream. So non-revenue water is really the water that, the difference between the water that they produce and the water that they sell to customers. So the difference between those two is non-revenue water. It's as simple as that. The, uh, the, the, the algorithm, the calculation is simple, but the, um, the components in between and the calculation of what, whatever else is causing non-revenue water is more difficult. So what effect does this have on water systems, especially in developing countries? In developing countries particularly, it, uh, it, it increases the, uh, the scarcity of water, of course, and demand in developing countries is often higher because people... Uh, Need need more water. They need uh, they need more of the, the diminishing resources for, for hygiene and for, for washing. And so every time there's a, there's a leak, of course, it, it adds to the the, the problems that, uh, that that water companies have. And so um, customers as well in, in poor areas, in, in poor urban areas, they uh, they can't afford to buy water, so they they tend to take it illegally or tamper with the meters to falsify meter records. So that again is another problem for the company. Uh, ever ever decreasing volumes of water for uh, ever increasing demand. So it's a uh, it's a vicious circle really. And the more the more uh, water that's lost, the more difficult it is to replace that. So water companies in effect are sitting on a, a reservoir of leakage, reservoir of water, hidden source of water underneath the ground. Which uh, my job is to try and try and overcome that and try and make uh, or try and help water companies to to increase the uh, the efficiency of their operations and the network. So they they reduce the non-revenue water. You mentioned some of the causes there. So could you elaborate what are the main causes of non-revenue water? Well, basically, you've got three, three, three main components of non-revenue water. We've just talked about the, some of them, we talked about real losses, which are the leakage from the pipe network, uh, apparent losses, which are uh, losses to the, the company income stream uh, caused by illegal connections, theft of water, customers tampering with the meters, or, or by uh, or by under registration of the meters, the customer has a customer meter. Uh, if that meter is not recording properly, the the, cost, the company is not getting the correct amount of revenue from that customer. So that we call that meter under registration. The third component, which is quite a small one, is water taken but uh, but not billed for by the company. This is uh, sometimes it's uh, a political or a, or a sort of uh, institutional. Uh, uh, policy where the company lets people have uh, water that they don't charge them for it or they don't even they don't bill it. 
So what you mentioned there are the major challenges that water utilities have in addressing non-revenue water. What, what, is, what is stopping these utilities from implementing these strategies? Well, the, uh, the biggest problem, I think, in my experience, is, is creating an awareness that, uh, that non-revenue water is quite a significant factor. You know, not many, uh, com- not many companies produce, produce goods and then expect 50% of those goods to, be, to disappear between production and, uh, and the customer. So this is exactly what happens in, in many water companies. The water's lost, and this is sometimes a lack of awareness, lack of perception um, by the senior management who who don't feel that uh, it's necessary to, to do anything about it. They they prefer to uh, maybe put their budget, uh, their their allocation of finance into into augmenting water treatment systems. And you know this is this is really chicken and egg because they have a, a large wasted resource of water underneath the ground, and uh, it's. It's relatively simple to start addressing that. So it, there are physical reasons why we get from level water leakage from the pipe networks, which the networks could be uh, old or broken, poor materials, poor workmanship, uh, a lot of leakage. Companies may only repair the leaks that they can see on the surface, but we know that there are for every leak on the surface, there are nine leaks underground. So it's a matter of addressing the, being aware of the problem of non-revenue water, being aware of the causes of it, and and the steps that that the company can take to to correct this. And and it is a step-by-step process. Nobody expects a water company to suddenly go from uh, from 50% of non-revenue water to 10% of non-revenue water. The steps have got to be achievable, practicable, and, and appropriate. And so uh, this, is, this, is, this is my philosophy that uh, I try to, to bring into um, to, to my, my programs when I'm developing uh, non-revenue water reduction strategies. Do sometimes cultural and social factors play a role in non-revenue water? Oh, often, very often, especially in the, in the poorer, poorer countries. Uh, the, the culture very often is for the water company to provide very low tariffs, very low uh, cost of water, and sometimes these are heavily subsidized by government, uh, which, which lends itself to abuse. Um, customers don't value the water, so they, they waste it, and it's a cheap next situation. There are very, very real reasons sometimes for political, um, uh, uh, political policies where customers in slum areas or in the... Uh, the periphery of uh, big slum areas like Karachi or in Brazil, where they have to supply water free of charge, and uh, it's a it's a right to uh, for life. So uh, there are there are cultural and social aspects, and most of these are linked to theft of water uh, and waste of water. So I think again, it's it's an education and awareness policy that's required, as well as a more technical solution. So what what measures can a water utility put in place to sustain non-revenue water reduction? Sustainability. This is uh, this is one of the bones of contention because once uh, an expensive non-revenue water program has been put in place, uh, they, it often fails. And I've been to many uh, many countries where exactly that has happened, where the consultant has come in and uh, put in a very good demonstration pilot area. Uh, consultant goes away, and then the the program fails because there hasn't been enough uh, transfer of knowledge. There hasn't been enough uh, enough monitoring and follow up by the consultant or there hasn't been enough budget allocated, the company decides to use the budget on, on other things. So this is, this, is, uh, this is one of the great problems of, of keeping a, a program going, sustainability and the fact that, uh, the fact that a water company has to lead from the top and understand 
and, and actually supporting the sustainability of the non-revenue water program. Where can people learn more about addressing non-revenue water? There, there are quite a few publications around, and um, <clears throat> one of the best ways is to, to join the International Water Association and then join one of the specialist groups that specialise in water loss management. Um, it's called the Water Loss Specialist Group, obviously, uh, and it's, uh, it's a <laughs> this is a group of about uh, 500, 600 people who are all water com- water utility practitioners or consultants or suppliers. So that, that's a good first step, and the um, IWA website will uh, it's easily accessible. If you Google it, the, the website will tell you how to join IWA and how to join. And there's a very good uh, new document produced by the European Union called the for Good Practices on, on Leakage Management, which has uh, a wealth of background material, case studies, uh, good practices from across the world. Thanks very much, Michael. That's, you're welcome. It's good to be talking to you. That was Malcolm Farley, a consultant and a fellow at the International Water Association. If you'd like to learn more about non-revenue water, you can visit the International Water Association website at www.iwa-network.org. And if you'd like to listen to more international development podcasts, you can log on to our website at incworldwide.com.